We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up and welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, here with co-host Andrew Spade. We are talking through a very busy day, not just for the Browns, also for the NFL. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. We'll start, though, with Andrew's press conference. Not Spade, Andrew Barry talked through some important end-of-the-year topics. Not to get the Andrews all confused, but now I do welcome in Andrew Spade. And what's up, Andrew? How are you? Uh, I... Really, I panicked this morning when I heard that I was going to have a press conference at 11. I uh, was just not prepared for that at all. What if Kevin's name was Jacob and we were Andrew and Jacob? And then, like, you know, there'd be the ultimate confusion. Right. No, I think we should probably try to think of the best current coaching, current NFL coach named Jake. Is there one? I don't think so. If Jake, Jake Spavital made it in transition to the NFL? The the Jake coaching tree is um, very <laughs> it's limited. Thin. It's a yeah. little thin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jacobs as well. Um, yeah. So it is funny, though, because you'll hear people in the press conference say, Andrew, and you hear your name, you you look up. So it, it worked on me. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a, an interesting press conference. He's, he's done a better job of kind of giving these sort of state of the union type opening remarks, mm-hmm. which a lot if of you words. Look, if you if you look up the transcript, it's genuinely, I don't know, two thousand words, something like that. He really speaks extemporaneously for a long time, which is very impressive. And he wants a home game. That's the whole opener. Is they, yeah, they want a home game? Yeah, right? but it was it was way up there on the he gets us meter. That's for sure. Oh yeah, it was. And then the next eight questions were about Joe Flacco because this is what we apparently need to spend the most time talking about. Right? Is is whether. Joe Flacco and that story can be continued to be written about because that's what, you know, folks in the building are concerned about putting words out there. And Joe Flacco's situation does uh, present that. I did think it was interesting that, that Andrew did note that we we would love to have him back. Right. Like that is the first part of it. Not that that's a commitment to, to Joe or anything, but it does signify that they, there's at least some interest, right? Yeah, it's really funny how the the ongoing public love affair between the Browns and Joe Flacco, right? It's he says very very flattering things about the Browns organization every time he gets asked. And anybody with the Browns, coaches, general manager, players, 
are all super complimentary of the player every time they get asked about Flacco. So it's it's really been fun to just kind of see a love fest between. Yeah. It's like two best friends, and you're like, why don't you guys date? You ever thought about that? <laughs> They're like, no. You seem to have a lot no. of fun together. Yeah, no, we're not going to do that. What if you were just the starting quarterback of the Browns? Yeah. What about it? Well, a little bit of a sour taste the last time he was out there changes things. But uh, there is a love fest. You're right. Very public between the two sides. The, the other thing I, I found interesting, and maybe you have the quote in front of you, Andrew, was uh, talking about Nick Chubb. And and there's, again, you're talking about the Browns love him. He loves the Browns. And maybe you I have that direct quote about they don't want this to be his last snap, right? He didn't want to believe that that run in Pittsburgh was his last snap with the Browns. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do have that in front of me. He said, uh, in terms of Nick moving forward, obviously, I understand that's a little bit the elephant in the room. I can say for myself, no one in the organization, our family, nobody wants to see that carry in Pittsburgh be the last time he carries the ball for the Cleveland Browns. And obviously, there are things that we'll have to work through, but that would not be our intention, meaning to let, let him go. We obviously will work to keep him on the team. So what's funny about that is um, he is under contract, right? Like there, in a sense, is nothing to do other than let him play. But what he signified there is they're going to restructure that deal somehow and maybe take the cap number down by guaranteeing him some dollars. He has zero dollars guarantees, a big uh, big chunk of um, game bonuses in that. And I think with Nick coming back from my guess here, I'm not the contract guy of this website, but my guess here is that since they're a bunch of game bonuses to result in a relatively high salary, he won't be pushed to play games too soon. So they'll probably make it a smaller cap number and guarantee it instead. And that makes sense for both sides. If you ask me. Yeah, it seems like a win-win. I think it would be interesting if they add any years is the other thing. If they, if they want to go there. Yeah. I would, what's Nick's 28 is going to turn 29 December of next year. So like, I wouldn't hate adding another year and maybe an option year right. on age 30 season, mm-hmm. something like that. So, yeah, I mean, again, Nick is obviously dealing with a really serious knee, but if you look at the total number of carries, it's not awful here. The, the threshold hasn't been hit. So, I, I like you said there, uh, Andrew, I, I hope there is a path to something beyond 24 because we'd like to see Nick – we're going to see him come back and, and again – Andrew Barry said today that he's early in that rehab process, which probably isn't what people want to hear considering it, it, he was out pretty much the entire season, but that was such a serious knee injury um, that it's hard to see him be him himself fully, not to say he won't get back and play at the middle or end of 2024, but I think I'd like to see him in 25 to kind of have a shot at being himself, right? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I maybe I'm naive about this, but I'm optimistic about his ability to contribute in 24, just because I, I of so. the I way that so. he's attacking rehab. That does matter. I think we we see that every year. There are mm-hmm. players that routinely beat their uh, expectation for when they're going to get back on the field and be contributors. If you're betting on any one player to outperform their rehab, just in terms of doing more and more diligently than anybody else does it's going to be Nick Chubb right so from that perspective you you have to think that he has every chance and he is I think we all understand superhuman if if Minka Fitzpatrick did to my leg what he did to Nick Chubb's leg that night I would currently still be on the turf in Pittsburgh 
<laughs> well, I would just say take I, it. No, that's Knee what down, I mean. Just remove it. Take like it. I'm saying, so, leave me. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, it would be like the end of an action movie when one of the guys takes a bullet. It's like, leave me. Go on without me. I will be fine yeah. right here. Let and me take you in the sky. I'm, that's all I'm, I'm, I live at Acrisure Stadium now. <laughs> well, that's the update on Nick, and hopefully it proceeds to be nothing but good news the rest of the way. I, I am more than fascinated with the running back dynamic and what they do this offseason. I've said it before, and I continue to look at it uh, with a close eye because I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see how they evaluate in-house what their guys did this year. Uh, next thing we have is obviously Kevin, right? Um, he talked through how lucky they are to have Kevin. Uh, they feel great about him. A guy who's got a chance to really, in the award ceremonies, come up with two coach of the years in four seasons, which is kind of remarkable to be able to pull that off if he does ultimately pull it off. And I think that what Andrew Barry talked about with him because you know, Andrew didn't go into the coaching staff stuff, which is a lot of the questions we understand, right? We're going to talk about the one hire they did make, but they, uh, you know, uh, he pretty much just said, I understand your questions. And Jake Trotter asked, and then I see Jake come up a bunch of times on this. That's right. So the there one, you go. That's, the, yeah, that's the dynamic here is you're the, you're the yeah. reporter. I'm the general manager. There we go. So uh, w- what he kept saying was, we're not going to talk about it until we finalize it, which I understand that. So, um, that even included questions of Kevin's calling plays or not, because that question came up. And I know there's a quote on it that we can we can talk through a little bit. But the the, the thing he kind of continues to harp on is that growth mindset and the type of person that he is. You know what I mean? And maybe maybe him leaving out something important is worth mentioning, too. Right. Yeah. So I thought there was kind of two. There's two pieces to this. Right. Because there's the direct question about play calling from Jake Trotter. There we go. And it was. uh it's something they talk about every off season. Part of the self-assessment is if that's being held in the right place in the staff and all those sorts of things. He did say, ultimately that's going to be his decision as he constructs the staff, which Mm -hmm. does speak to the ongoing conversation about how much of a hand Stefanski had in these changes, something that uh, we're still trying to parse through. He also said, we've mentioned multiple times. I think that's one of Kevin's strengths. But how that operates from year to year, that's ultimately something that we assess. So it it's not a definitive yes, but it is a very strong vote of confidence for Kevin to continue to do it if he wants. Yeah. But what I find interesting is that later in the press conference when he was asked about Kevin Stefanski just overall um, – what are the areas where he can grow and what makes him the the coach that he is. And the two areas that he talked about were his growth mindset, right? In terms of how he has changed mm-hmm. the specific quote was how he led and managed this year. I don't know how he wouldn't win coach of the year. And he said this year versus his first year were different. And I think the second part of it is I always say, Kevin, He's the best of us on a human level. He's truly the best of us. And I think that authenticity really allows him to be an exceptional leader for our organization. And it's those two things combined that make me excited for the next several years. He had already spoken to that he thinks that it's a strength of Kevin's that he calls the plays. But I think it's interesting that the way in which he's talking about Stefanski is less as an offensive mastermind and more as a leader. 
And I think one of the things that we have seen, Jake, over the four years here with Stefanski at the helm is his transition from a guy who got the job largely because of what he could do with an offense Mm -hmm. to someone who has earned the respect of the entire building based on how he leads. And I think that's worth understanding when you see the offensive coordinator change coming, it opens a door to allow Kevin to grow into a leadership role more similar to what Mike Tomlin or John Harbaugh have done with other teams in the division. The, it was more of a natural fit for for Harbaugh because he's a special teams coordinator previously, so he didn't really have a side of the ball to call. But Mike Tomlin has done a similar thing where he's still involved with the, the defense and his fingerprints are all over it, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But his primary function is as the leader of the organization. I think that's an interesting rhetorical step from Andrew Barry that that might preview a little bit of how Stefanski himself sees his development as a coach and where he might want to take this next. Yeah, and it could also talk to, you. Know, we, we mentioned yesterday, the belief that somebody could be forcing him to do these offensive. If you take those quotes today, the sense is they trust him. Like, they really do trust him. So, I mean, Andrew Barry could be putting on a show, you know, this is in front of the media, there could be things behind closed doors. We never know. But I think that really for the most part, from when we've heard from Kevin and Andrew, when they've been able to say what they're supposed to be able to say, I think there's one really rough press conference we all know about. Right. Uh, and, and that's, uh, that's certainly no secret, but they have done really well with these things. And most of what they have said is held true. So I left it believing at some point, and he was asked directly about an extension for Kevin and said he wouldn't get into it because he doesn't get into that stuff. But but I would be surprised if we come out of the summer without something done. I, I really would. So um, exciting to think that Kevin could live in a world where he's not tied to calling plays too, because I think that getting a coach to that value mm-hmm. is is tricky in and of itself. So I uh, just wanted to paint that. Next, next thing to hit well, on, unless you got something else. Yeah, to I just it. want to just really build on like – it's not bad if he thinks the best way for him to contribute to this organization is by letting somebody else call plays because he retains the ability to continue to, he's still the head coach. He's still running things. So he can continue to influence the game plan as much or as little as he wants. He can continue to offer feedback and insight and things that have worked. It's not as if it's all of a sudden, not going to look anything like a Kevin Stefanski offense, right? It's not, they're not going to change all their verbiage or anything. So there, there, there is a world of possibility that this opens up if he's doing it willingly as part of a growth process of coming into sort of like the, maybe the second chapter, so to speak of his head coaching tenure that is exciting, very exciting for who he can become as the head coach of the Browns. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. All right. So Watson is the next point of topic, which I know that you we're drawn to the to the timeline point that Andrew Barry made because you know we want to rush to judge this trade and I understand that everybody wants to rush to everything in a very immediate society but it is important to know how the Browns are viewing it and it's also fair to question whether or not they're viewing it the correct way Andrew because of the duration at which they're looking at this right so um, if you have that quote, go ahead and share that one where, where we can talk about 
the window by which the Browns are judging the deal they made. This one was very interesting because the presumption from Browns fans has been that they made this five-year commitment to Deshaun Watson with the guaranteed money. And the premise of the question was essentially we're near the halfway point, two, two years into the contract. And Andrew Barry's answer was, I honestly haven't spent a ton of time thinking about that. When we made the trade, we really looked at it as this is something that we'll evaluate on a 10-year time horizon because that's how long these guys play. Obviously, we want him on the field more than he, often than he's been. He can't help the shoulder injuries this year, but we were really pleased with him. He's very talented. He's very hardworking. He's adaptable, and we really feel good about him moving forward. So when – Okay, time out. 30 seconds. Jump in there, Barry. please. He can control the shoulder injuries, brother. Amen. Let's, Pe- let's preach. Yeah. That. Preach. Like, he needs some accountability on that. He can He can slide. He can stop trying to run into Patrick Queen in the open field. As an answer. Now, the Tennessee one I get because it was a 10 yards downfield, the middle of the field, tricky. But like the the way he acted in the Ravens game was wild. So get the, and even the Cardinals game before that, like yeah. hold this dude accountable to protect his body. And maybe he's saying the right things publicly, but just want to reiterate that. But like looking at this, I get it. When you trade for Watson, you're thinking we got 10 years of this guy. I have to imagine this is fluff. There, there's no way. There's no way they're looking at they're not like, oh, we're going to ignore this until ten years. No, they can't do that. They have to do another contract in the next three years. Like, yeah, this is not that's not a real answer. I'm sorry, it's not. No, I and I think that's a really it's a good point by you to say that this is he he's using sort of analytic speak to avoid answering the question, right? Yeah. Because yes. the answer to the question is this trade has been a disaster through two years. He knows that. He's, he's, he's much, 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 much too smart to not understand that they haven't gotten anywhere near the return on investment that they were expecting. That's to go back to the offensive coordinator conversation. That's part of why these changes are happening because they understand that their, their jobs, the whole organization has to be geared towards getting the best version of Deshaun Watson on the field for next September. It's, it's the only it's not the only thing that matters. It's the most important thing. We know that this team can win without him. They proved it this year. But considering what they gave up, their best course of action going forward, and considering how financially committed they are to him, part of the reason is, Jake, if they do an extension, they can keep kicking this financial can down the road yep. into future years where the cap hits as a percentage of the overall cap are more palatable. But if they have to move on from him, then they're taking a gigantic bath and it will mean the end of this outrunning the cap strategy that they've found because yeah. they will have to one year take a 70 to $80 million cap hit to get Watson off the roster. So yeah, you're absolutely right. He knows all of this, but there's no way to answer that that doesn't make him and the organization look really, really terrible. So he did a good job of kind of dodging this yeah. in terms of saying, well, we'll, We'll come back to this one in 2033. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets, create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The fun game to play here would be to answer this from like what a candid Andrew Barry would say. He would say, it's been a disaster so far. The guy has got to do more to keep himself healthy. He controls some of this stuff, but also it's still a little bit too early to truly define the overall trade. That's the way that that should be answered. And I'm sure if he was sitting there having a beer with a friend, that's yeah probably how he answers and, it, right? And he would explain to you how hard it is to find quarterbacks with the upside of Deshaun Watson. Yep. And he would further say that when you are in an asset limited situation like the Browns were coming out of the Baker Mayfield pick, yep. your your options are even further constrained because you're not going to be bad enough to pick at the top of the draft. And then he would say that they didn't anticipate. I think they, I think they did not anticipate fully the impact of a long layoff and a long suspension would have on the quarterback. So and and the mental stuff we've ex- exactly right. So there's a lot of stuff that that probably was not on their radar from a decision making perspective when they made that trade because they thought it was going to be a four to six game suspension, which yeah. which means that by now if he stayed healthy this year he'd have played 
30 games for the Browns. The other part that I found interesting in that one was the question about picking an offensive coordinator for Watson with specifically Watson in mind. And there was no commitment to that. Not that he, you know, not that, that Barry said it, it wouldn't be a part of the consideration, but like they basically are saying they're going to hire the best man for the job. Now, ironically tonight you, you see Gerard Johnson is like uh, a favorite of Quincy Avery. I think there's an obvious connection there. Um, you know, I don't have to trace this back. I think you guys can put one and one together here uh, of the preferential type of potential play caller or, you know, leading the quarterback room or offensive coordinator sort of dual job. Who knows? They could still combine that like they've done in years past. So who knows what they ultimately do. But I do find that interesting that they're not they're not publicly saying we're doing everything to fit Deshaun Watson. Well, I think, if you know. Buffalo very publicly saying that it was the entire point of last off season when they talked about Lamar Jackson, the Browns still aren't doing that. You know what I mean? Am I crazy or did you sense the same thing? Well, I think it, I think it also is, this is another one where it's unfair to the player. If you say, yeah, we're going to, we're going to hire somebody that has worked with Deshaun Watson before because they have not because they're the best candidate. Right. I think it, it allows them the ability to say that they hired the best candidate. And it, if it's the person that is also best suited to make Deshaun Watson comfortable, yeah. what a fun coincidence that ends up being, right? Well, but like, if, you, if you have to admit that you're hiring somebody for Deshaun Watson, you're also admitting that he's exactly fractured, right? So, yeah, and and I, I mean, look, the Shane Waldron. I, I know that I've mentioned him a lot on this podcast. I don't think that he's flawless. Apparently, the Browns didn't even speak to him, and he's working now. Got hired by the Bears, right? So. Yeah. If if this is truly about the best available candidates, yeah, the evidence isn't backing that up. Exactly, unless they're going about the best available candidates who don't mind not calling plays. Right, which is the 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 remaining question here is if guys like Waldron felt comfortable enough to say no, thank you, because they knew yes. kind of the the answer that was already coming to the question that they didn't even need to ask. And I have to think that based on any evidence we have of who they've brought in, I think that that is that's very much the case. I have no, I have no evidence to the contrary. So, um, anything to add from from the uh, presser here with Andrew Berry that stood out to you before we get out of this one? No, I think that's that really kind of sums it up. I, I thought it was. I, I would have liked to have heard a little bit more, just in terms of where he feels like the roster is overall. I know he's not going to probably give you the whole playbook but there weren't really a ton of questions in terms of areas that need addressed where you feel like you know how i mean i guess there was the the one answer that maybe is worth uh highlighting jake is the 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 question about the the spending right because he he basically said and I, i'll find this quote too that that there's a strategic there's a, advantage right a strategic advantage that um will allow them to continue to kind of outspending uh, their, their competitors. That's for him to acknowledge it in that way, I think is, is really kind of a peek behind the curtain in terms of how they yeah. see this working, that this is not yes. sort of an accident. This isn't something that they, this is, this is a, a plan and it's a way of exploiting some of the rules of the NFL that gives the Browns a competitive advantage that continues to help them year after year. So that I think was worth, was worth highlighting. And, and also 
you know, Jimmy Haslam is full of flaws. The money by which he's spending might not be the cleanest money in the world, but he's spending it. And I think that there is, you know, as you look just down across town, you know, not too far away for a season that's upcoming. I think that that's a big reason why people welcome some of the things he's doing for their organization. Right. I mean, I just, that's a fact of the matter is he's willing to spend more than other people. Right. So yeah. So the, the quote is when you look at the contract management space, it's not something that we think about just at the time or one year at a time. It's something that you really do spend multiple years planning for. So one of the benefits of the Browns sticking with an organization, a, a GM for this long, is that they have a long-term plan in place for the way that they are spending their money. And that long-term plan allows them that strategic advantage that he speaks to. He says, we will continue to operate in a way that allows us to maximize the team. So that means that basically the Browns are committed to running with the throttle wide open into mm-hmm. the red for as long for as long as Andrew Barry is in charge of the team because their long-term planning allows them that flexibility, right? So if that long-term planning got disrupted, mm-hmm. that would change things. And I think, you know, our colleague Jack Duffin has mentioned this before. If there was another unforeseen salary cap change like the COVID year where the cap actually went down, right? Yeah, they'd be that, that would change things. But as long as there's built-in inflation to the system, that's what the Browns are banking on. And again, it speaks to the system that they've built, that they have this stuff projected out five to 10 years. So they're spending money in some ways that they know won't come due for a few years. Jack does a great job of explaining all this. Yeah. But Barry has never been so explicit about the fact that they see it as a built-in advantage. Well said, well brought up, good topic to hit on. One more before we get out the door. The question was asked, there's been a lot of talk about culture, especially this year. In what ways do you feel like that has led to the growth improvement? How do you kind of carry it forward now? Where does the responsibility fall to carry that forward? I thought that was a great question. I think Chris Easterling asked that question. And I wanted to share my favorite part of what he said. Uh, Andrew said, uh, look, if you look at the players that are in our locker room in 2023 versus 2020, it's just a totally different group of players and a totally different group of coaches and support staff as well. You know, you think three years, not that different, but boy, the NFL turnover is is very drastic. He said, aside from the disappointment in terms of the loss with Houston, probably the memory that's seared into my, uh, into my, into my mind is, you know, late in the game. So Joel Batonio had gone back to the locker room with a pretty significant high ankle sprain and the game for all intents and purposes was really kind of getting out of hand late. And Joel came back into the, uh, back onto the field, despite the fact that it shouldn't have been something that he's really playing through just because he wanted to be out there with his teammates. Later in the fourth quarter, Wyatt goes down with the sting of his calf, the same calf thing that keeps bothering him year after year. And he said, the thing is, he has like maybe a grade two calf strain, which is pretty serious. He's in a boot Sunday after the game. I see him going down. I see him hobble up again. We might have been down 30 points at that point. He gets up again. He's like, he really, really should come out. And he does everything he can, and, and he wills himself to stay in the game. And he said, I remember in that moment thinking, that's pretty cool. Because here are two of our veteran players. There's really nothing to play for competitively because we really don't have enough time to come back. But they realized in that moment that was the last time that specific group was going to play together forever, quite honestly. And all they wanted to do was be out there with their teammates and for this player, um, you know, for that player's moment. And one of the things I wrote down in my OneNote moving forward was like, I think there's something here. That That's pretty cool. He wrote, I think there's something here. 
I think we have something here with this group of players and some of the guys who are going to return. And that visual is there. You know, it's going to be there. The thing that motivates me this offseason to do everything I can to improve the team and make sure we're in a position to playing deep in the playoffs next year. So you have Andrew Barry directly saying, I love the guys we have where we're at. I see the growth. I see the leadership. And I'm going to do everything I can to maximize this. And he also said that there were going to be some uncomfortable situations this offseason. He point blank said that, but they're doing it with the Super Bowl in mind. Because we asked last offseason, Andrew, are the chips all in? Are they really doing it? There you go. That That's it. That last sentence, I put it in my one note. This is what I'm going to remember as I try to craft this team to win a Super Bowl. They believe they can do it. So I found that quote to be really, really yeah, interesting. That's, that's really a great important. one to highlight, too, because it does speak to where he sees the team where and and really the stakes of this offseason because I think he, he also by saying that there's some uncomfortable situations is admitting that the roster is not complete is not yeah is not flawless right there are some issues that need resolved and so part of the challenge is going to be pivoting from some players that you have committed to I think you know part of the part of those those awkward conversations we talked about the Nick Chubb situation Jack Conklin has guaranteed money. Jed Wills is a fully guaranteed contract. These are players that, in in Conklin's case, he's really kind of already been replaced by DeWan Jones. Mm-hmm. So navigating those situations is the challenge of the offseason, while at the same time bringing in other players that can compete, displace some of the players that that need replaced in the starting lineup, and provide them more depth that, that allows them to go deeper in the playoffs next year. That's the goal. It's it's and it's going to be a it's it will be an active offseason for the Browns again, which is I think very it's much what that confirms. Yeah, it's what you want to hear. You don't want them sitting still this offseason. They can't. They have to continue to turn over players, find the right answers, pursue those bargains of the Amari Cooper mold, find what they can find and be aggressive. And I think that what I wanted to share there was obviously the cool moment of a GM reflecting on a culture change in real time, but also, Hey, we're all in and I'm going to do everything I can with this mental picture of these two guys fighting at the game to do everything I can to help build this team the best to try to capitalize for those guys. So wanted to share that we're going to wrap this pot up, um, check back a little later in the day. We're going to have another one on, um, the Browns recent hire. So that'll be available for you. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this one. Take the time to rate and review the podcast if you can and continue to go to the OBR a website where you will find all of the content needs that you could possibly care for with the Cleveland Browns this offseason where we have positional reviews and GM reviews and all that stuff going on to wrap up January. So thanks for being here. Appreciate you stopping by and making this podcast a part of your day. Keep your eye out for the other one coming a little bit later today. Until then, be well. Go Browns. Go Browns.